Nerds. We are able to keep Venture Forth ad-free thanks to our amazing patrons. To help keep this podcast free of ads, check out our Patreon. Link in our description. Greetings. I'm Kellick. And I'm your DM, Ethan. Welcome to Venture Forth. Previously, the party had encountered an enraged Chath set on a course that the party was not too keen on. After an epic battle with the foe, Shreya had fallen and become ill with a deadly metal poison. Once you all had taken him back into town, into Saddle Mount, you all had met with a florist, a strange florist who told you all that she would be able to heal Shreya, but she would need some ingredients first. Kellick, you were tasked with retrieving a corpse flower. Now looking down at the map in front of you, seeing a circle on the map, you look and see exactly where she pointed out that you could find a corpse flower. You look to where all the other circles from the party were drawn. You see a few up in the forest to the north. You see a few down to the south. And you see one off to the east, out in the ocean. Right. It seems fungus probably wouldn't distinguish between what's on land or water. Couldn't care for moisture either way. I'm going to just sort of look out. Can I see the the coastline from where I am? And the, like, is the shop positioned relatively close to the waterfront? Um, yeah, you can just see sort of down an alleyway. You can just see the the waterfront, but mostly you can hear the seagulls, you can hear the dock workers, you can hear the ships creaking in the dock. Um, you, can, you can hear it and you can smell the ocean more than you can actually see it. I'm just sort of looking uh, grimly out in that direction. <sighs> If there's no cursed islands anywhere, then I suppose won't be by my worst occasion at sea. I sort of cast a, a, a wayward glance back at the shop, like almost uh, just just regretting, just regretting <laughs> the predicament we're in. <sighs> Got you covered, trial, and I'll. Uh, bow my head and and uh, march uh, east. Okay, is that, is that that's where I was headed. Yes. Okay. Um, and after you cross a couple of buildings, cross a few streets, um, you make it to the dock. You look down off to your right, and just off in the distance, you can see the shed that you all had come in through um, that leads to Hayfreed's Void. And in front of you, um, you see. Um, the sun just setting over the horizon, um, casting these shadows onto the massive warships of the Navy of Ondale. Um, you can see once again, these mechanical, almost clockwork cannons, um, 
just being finished loading onto these ships, you can see um, various crewmen of the ships barking orders at each other. Um, and in front of you, you can see about 15 ships all laid out bow to bow. I'm going to take my um, my symbol of mirror and just throw the, the, the chain over my neck and let it let it hang from my, my neck once more. Um, can I see... Can I sort of triangulate from where the ships are and where this where this little waypoint is on that I've been given on the map of whether a ship would be over top of it or it does it seem further out into the ocean? It does seem then? quite a bit further out into the ocean. Uh, okay. Um, is there a vessel among these that does not appear to be uh, military? Um, I'm gonna have you make a perception check for me. Okay. Uh, that is a 13. A 13. Um, looking back and forth, the way that this that this dock is set up, um, it's sort of set up within a bay that's got a little bit of, of a curve to the beach to it, um, facing out towards the ocean. Um, and so even standing right here, you can only really see a few ships before the curve of the beach hides the ships behind them, and you can't really see too many. But beginning to listen to the the noises of the dock you look around and you see plenty of naval officers in their ondale navy uniforms and you see most of them in their in their orange um orange uh attire symbolizing that they're in the navy of ondale but you do see one more scraggly looking man human wearing all gray not really the same uniform as everyone else. You do see in front of him a uniformed officer with um, a, a book in his hand writing notes as he's attempting to um, quickly walk away from, from this scraggly-looking gentleman who sort of has his finger up in the air, is chasing after him. And he says, no, you promised to pay us. You, no, 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 this is, this is not as much as you, as you told us that would be on our pay. And we, I, I'm telling you, we're not moving out until you pay us our full amount. And you can see them pass right in front of you. Um, so is he wearing just like plain clothes then? He looks like he's wearing sort of plain, um, he, he's got sort of very loose fitting, um, uh, like a leather, almost armor chest piece, mm -hmm. um, but not at all the same um, uniform as the rest of the soldiers here. I'm going to sort of like hold my map in front of me and peer out from over top of it as I'm looking at this. Can I see, like, he's he's using the, the word we. Can I tell who he's referring to? If there's a, if there's a correlation with him and, and somebody else in this area? You just see him. Everyone else that you see right now is mostly... Okay. Naval. Yeah. I'm just gonna um, looking around to make sure I'm not uh, uh, drawing any attention. I'm just gonna sort of pad softly behind them, follow this <laughs> this train of people at this point, uh, and, and see uh, uh, what comes of it. All right. Um, and after a couple more feet um, and a couple more yelling, the the gentleman's yelling gets gets a little bit louder. Um, it says, "This is not how I expected a a uniformed officer of Ondale to be treating uh, someone like me and my crew." And as the shouting gets louder and louder, the officer turns around very sternly, closes his book, puts it down by his side. 
Now, sir, you are not going to be making a scene here on the docks. We are going to keep things cordial, and you will get your pay once the job is complete. This is what was negotiated. We gave you part of your pay now, you complete the job, and then you get the other part of the pay when you return. If you are not satisfied with this, you may return the initial payment. But this, this, this is just not what I, what not what I thought was negotiated. We, this, this is unfair, and we're not going to leave here until we can get the rest of our payment. I'm, I'm sorry. Then you're just going to have to return the initial payment. We'll find someone else. And the two parties sort of part ways. The the naval officer opens his book once more and continues writing into it. Sort of takes his. Um, more of an elegant stance, chest up as he walks away. Um, and as this other gentleman in gray turns around, he sort of looks down at the ground and starts mumbling to himself. And he kicks a little rock off the dock into into the ocean. Um, I'm going to sort of track him. Does he does he like come to a resting place at, at any point along the dock here? Or is he just meandering? Um, he meanders for a couple seconds before he finally walks out to the edge of one of these docks in between two massive warships that are swaying side to side. And he just sort of stands there and looks out as the sun is setting over the horizon. I'm going to um, uh, begin to replace the bandage on my arm and exchange the the dirty bandage with a, a, a clean one. And, and uh, as I'm doing so, kind of calmly walk out uh, to sort of stand, uh, not shoulder to shoulder with him, but just slightly uh, askew uh, 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 looking out over the water. <sighs> Tough folks to work for, aren't they? She's, I, it's something different every every week, it seems like, and we and just can't catch a break. to get any proper recompenses, it's just impossible, you know. I mean, when you settle on a specific amount of money, you would think that that's the money that they would pay you, but apparently that's not the way that Ondale works. It's a lot of big promises, you know, grand pastures just beyond the horizon, and then uh, the horizon keeps moving further and further away, it seems. So it seems. Uh, um, I'm not gonna shit here in my pity for too much longer. I have to get back to my crew. I appreciate the talk. Have a good rest of your day. Uh, couldn't help but, uh... And I'll sort of, uh, turn now to, to try and try and steer him with my body language, just turn with my ch- chest facing him. Couldn't help but, uh... Over here, I was a little bit of a stank there. Is there a, a job you're having trouble, uh, completing for these kind folks here um the ship that I run is a uh, scavenging vessel we specialize in scavenging uh, underwater shipwrecks and what was communicated to me was that one of these naval ships went out into the harbor and they had a bit of a misfire on one of their cannons and sort of blew up part of the ship and unfortunately the ship sank and so that's what we were um, tasked to go out and salvage as much of the uh, the cannons and valuable materials as we could um, 
obviously it's a dangerous job, so I would like to make sure that my crew is well paid for. Why don't they think you've completed it? Did you not retrieve the cannon? We have not gone out yet. Our, our deal was that they would pay us and then we would set sail, um, retrieve whatever cannons and uh, mechanical items the ship has on it, anything of value, and return it back. And unfortunately, the, the captain over there seems to think that part of our pay will be due after we complete the job, but that's, that's not how I do things. I take my, all my payment up front. So what's your plan then? You're not going to go for the job? Well, I'm going to have to go back to my crew and we're going to have to have a discussion about the risks of doing a job for so little pay. A lot of my crew have not had a decent payday in quite some time. We'll have to get a consensus because it's not just me who's getting paid. It's, it's the rest of them as well. Well, uh, speaking of risks, I happen to be uh, in the business of mitigating risks. And I sort of um, stand in such a way that the sun catches whatever whatever remnant of shine might be picked up by my, uh, by my necklace. All right. Uh, if, uh, if you're worried about the danger for your crew there, uh, I'd be happy to offer my services and not for even a, a fraction of the pay that uh, your crew so desperately needs. You'd be willing to help fund our expedition? Aye, with, uh, with the power I can offer. I happen to be good at mending wounds and uh, preventing... I... I am inclined to accept a generous offer when it comes my way. I have to wonder what what you have in this venture. Why why pay for a salvage job of a naval vessel? Uh, I happen to be uh, rather uh, restricted to land in most of my travel, so I could use a, a trip out on the ocean here. Uh, I'm in search of uh, a bit of scavenge myself, in earnest. Uh, I'm looking to retrieve a, a certain it's a it's a, uh, an ingredient of uh, poultice uh, I'm in the healing arts and I um, have a friend who's caught a bit of a, an illness that needs to be treated and uh, the ingredient I'm searching for is uh, just yonder and I, I sort of gesture <laughs> broadly into <laughs> the ocean <laughs> well it it I, the generosity was, uh, is is more than welcome. Um, if you'd like to come back and we can have a discussion amongst my crew. Um, you're speaking of, of pay. I have to inquire how much in order to present it to the crew in, in an orderly fashion. If you can promise me that you will get me here. And I, I, I open up my map and I and I stab my finger with uh, authority into the spot that I've been uh, pointed to. Uh, a corpse flower? Then uh, I, I will accompany you on whatever journey this is. Uh, with the one caveat that uh, I can't be out to see for more than, let's say, 15 hours. <laughs> 
Um, I sort of I sort of <laughs> cast a look back toward where Shreya is, is yeah. hopefully resting. <laughs> and uh, then I will uh, happily accompany you on this journey for free. And as this gentleman looks down at your map, um, for the first time you see a little bit of a smile creep across his face. And you can see as he opens up his smile, you can see he's got a couple of teeth missing. A couple of them are, are a little bit rotted. Um, I and you hide can see- my casual disgust. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you can see his eyes light up, um, like this deep, almost ocean blue in his eyes light up for the first time as he reaches in his back pocket, unfolds a much smaller map, lays it directly on top of yours and places his finger with equal fervor that you did directly on a circle that is nearly in an identical position to where your circle is on your map. As he does this, my hand reflexively goes to my necklace and I look suspiciously toward the, the I can't look directly at the sun but I <laughs> look up toward the, where the light is coming from Yeah, and as it, as it reflects off of the water but <sighs> Providence seems to be alright um, ships this way as he you. ushers you um, along the line and um, you both walk along the docks for several minutes, um, sort of making this this long curve around the beach, um, curving just a little bit to the right. And if, if you weren't paying attention, it's a big enough curve to where you almost wouldn't even notice that you're turning, but mm-hmm. only after you sort of look back and see the ships that you've passed, um, as they're fading off into the distance, you can sort of notice this. Um, you do also notice as you're walking, more and more attention begins to come to you. Mm. Um, and you can see in the beginning, you didn't really notice it, but now that it's becoming more of a pattern, um, you can see every once in a while, a soldier will pass you and sort of take a glance at your arm. Oh man. I will just do my best to carry it off as, uh, as though I belong here. Okay. <laughs> it's a clean bandage. <laughs> I'm going to have you make, um, either a performance or a deception check. Okay. Oof. That's a seven. Okay. After you continue walking along this dock, a you see a, a group of three what look like younger soldiers. Um, from your experience, um, about the age that probably just joined the Ondale military. Um, you can see that they're sort of all bunched up. They they all look young. They all look new. Um, and it looks like as the docks are sort of um, closing down for the night, the sun has set. Um, it looks like they're sort of just hanging out and talking. It looks like their duties have been completed for the day. Okay. And as you pass, one of them just catches your arm. And as you just give them a quick side glance, they sort of elbow the other two and, and point towards your arm. Pretty soon, you have these three soldiers coming up along your back. One of them throws his arm around your shoulders and sort of leans up against you. Hey, friend. Hey, mind your breath there, soldier. I'd, uh... I'd mind myself if I were you, actually. Um, it looks like you're in some strange territory here. I'm gonna sort of pull away from him. Not all of us are out here catching scurvy. If you don't mind giving me a bit of space... 
I mean, I think scurvy is probably the least of your worries with an arm like that. What happened? Oh, well, I sort of gesture to the ships around us. <sighs> happens to be a, a wartime, would you believe it? And that happens to be a very specific wound. What, uh, an arm, an appendage? Certainly many of your mates have lost such a thing in battle. Yeah, but not many come back with a burned arm and nothing else. <laughs> that strikes me as odd, as I recall, uh, working at Cultcrest, repairing many a soldier who had lost but one thing and being able to heal them otherwise back to full health. You're telling me you came from Coldcrest. I was out there for a time, yes. Now, boys, that's interesting. Because I heard word the other day that Coldcrest was just overrun. Coldcrest seemed pretty, uh, pretty secure, didn't it? Yeah, it seemed, uh, seemed pretty, pretty impenetrable. So it would, wouldn't be too far of a stretch that someone on the inside maybe turned? Maybe someone on the inside switched sides? It's me. They moved me back to Addersfield before any of that went down. Shame. I think you're going to have to uh, come with us. If, if you really were in Coldcrest, you probably have valuable knowledge of what happened there. I can tell you that they lost because of the um, audacity and foolish bravery of a certain commander. Aye. Beyond that, I think uh, my stories would pale in comparison to yours. And the one who has his arm wrapped around your shoulders sort of releases it and puts his hand on the hilt of his sword. Now you're talking distastefully of Ondale leadership? Is that what I'm hearing? You listen to me, young man. I am a representative of the gods. I don't answer to your army. I serve divinity. So, if you want to try yourself against that, then be my guest. From what I've heard of people with that arm, you're serving a god, just not one of ours. And he unsheathes the sword just a little bit. I suggest you come with us and answer some questions with our commander. I suggest you back down before this gets ugly. I'm going to be making an intimidation check. Uh, 17. 17. No, we don't want anything to be getting ugly here, least of all with all of these other soldiers around. Let's wager you're right. I serve some god against your purpose. Oh, well then, that'll look grand for you, won't it? Dragging me in. But let's say you're wrong, and I'm here under the goddess of light. Do you want to answer to those that lead that faction? Or do we want to leave it to rest here and understand I'm doing no harm to you and yours? Can I have you roll? I'm going to have you roll a D... 12 for me. Okay. Okay. Two. Two. 
Okay. As you say those words, and as you proclaim a a loyalty to the goddess of light out loud, saying these words, you feel a singe in your arm. Okay. I'm gonna have you roll a d6 for me. Okay. Or as your arm singes, your max HP reduces by four points. Okay. And as you finish your sentence and, and feel this singeing on your arm, <clears throat> um, you look at the the soldier in front of you who has his hand on his sword, and you can see a like a uh, a conviction in him that he is dead set on you. Then you look to one of the soldiers behind him. You look to the soldier towards um, the the back, just over his right shoulder. Um, a little bit more of, of a heavy set gentleman, um, just uh, the the beginnings of a scraggly chin beard, just starting to to come in. And he leans forward and he sort of whispers in into the other soldier's ear. If he was really a cold crest, I don't think we should be messing with him. I think we should let him do whatever he's doing because if he's if he's who he says he is, think about this. If we take him to a commander and he is who he says that he is, this is not going to go well for us. And you can see the soldier in front take his hand off of his sword. Put his finger up towards your face. I would just suggest that you don't keep walking around these docks for very much longer. If you were at Coldcrest, your service is commended, but it looks to me like your service is over. So you no longer belong here as they turn around and walk the other direction. May the light reflect from your eyes with grace. I'll turn back to my, I don't know if it's just watching. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> watching. Shall we be on with it then? Sure. So you both continue on walking, and after a couple more minutes, um, you, um, the the gentleman stops you along the dock, and he sort of turns to the right, and he walks out onto one of the docks on the ocean, and you didn't even see it at first because it is completely eclipsed by these two massive warships on either side of it. And right in the middle, you see a much, much smaller vessel. You see the two ships, um, you see the ships to the right and the left um, plated in this copper with gold accents along the the sleek dark wood. Um, And you can see all of this intricate um, carvings into to the, the wood and as well as the metalwork on the ships themselves, almost keeping themselves afloat, even though you know they must weigh an incredible amount. And right in between these two, you see this tiny little, barely floating sea vessel. Um, you see a ship that is um, maybe no bigger than um, 20 feet by 40 feet, um, crewed by, um, from what you can see, um, the the gentleman that you are with, as well as three other crewmates, um, and just one single barely standing mast in the center. Nice. Um, is this toothless gentleman, is he human? 
He is. Okay. And as you look uh, 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 amongst the crew, um, you do see that the rest of them are human as well. Fitting with um, uh, the rest of what you've seen on this dock as well. Yeah. Um, being an Ondo, you know that mostly humans live here. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and the gentleman steps forward. Um, if you just join me this way, we can hop onto the boat and I'll introduce you to my crew. A fine ship. As fine as I've seen. It's kept me alive this far. Isn't that the, uh, the requirement? And as they, as you all step on, um, uh, this gentleman sort of reaches out his hand as you're stepping on, almost to shake your hand as well as give you some stability and support as you're stepping onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as he does so, he says, my name's Reynold. Uh, very nice to meet you. I've been the captain of this boat for uh, the last 15 years and been enjoying every day of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day that we've been getting paid. Um, and this is the rest of my crew. Um, we're all very excited to have you uh, joining us aboard, as well as as well as your funds, as he sort of proclaims <laughs> to the rest of the crew. Hello, and, uh, I'm Kellek. Kellek Gray, here to lend my aid. Um, and as they walk up to you, uh, uh, each one of them steps forward. Um, you can see one of them is is a um, uh, a very portly gentleman who sort of waddles as he walks, almost in like perfect unison with how the boat is rocking, <laughs> just like, just keeping himself like perfectly balanced. Um, and he comes and he shakes his hand and shakes your hand, and you can see his hand is like very hairy. You can see his shirt is like popped open, the collar's popped open, a huge amount of hair on his chest. Um, gives you a firm handshake. Um, he steps back. Uh, you can see a another uh, human, a little bit on the, the shorter side, um, and you can see almost possibly got some, um, maybe like some halfling blood down the line, um, almost like that sort of stature where mm-hmm. everything is, is a little bit um, in that more halfling proportion, but still um, mostly the height of a human. Mm-hmm. And then you see a, a third uh, crew member there who appears to be a near carbon copy of Reynolds. Um, although this crew member, you can see he's got windswept hair that goes back around his <laughs> ears. You can see a full set of teeth um, pearly white teeth in the front. Um, it looks like if Reynolds had taken much better <laughs> care of himself. Um, and you can also see a, a um, massive slash across the front of his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he comes up, he sort of s- does some sign language to you and nods his head. Um, does it look like the sign language that I've seen Flynn use in the past? Make a perception check at disadvantage. Okay. This is, it's like trying to determine if a different language is. <laughs> that is was a crazy disadvantage. That was 20 and a 19. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So my perception for the, the total would be um, 28 still. 28. Yeah. Um, you actually recognize, you don't recognize everything as, sure. as even it's though you don't quick, know the yeah. language, it is quick, but you do see a couple of the quick hand motions that are very similar to when Flynn introduced himself to the um, the half orc woman, woman, woman yeah. previously. Um, you take it to Dora. almost be Dora, yes, um, as as a greeting. This was sort of like when they first introduced themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. You saw a couple of these symbols, so you understand that this is probably a greeting or mm-hmm. a, a hello at the very very base of it. 
I give him a very, very polite sort of uh, bow, like a short, short bow. All right. And, a, and, as, and as genuine a smile as I can muster <laughs> under these conditions. <laughs> and as you go down the line and, and shake their hands, um, uh, you see the, the captain, Reynold, um, sort of introduces you to, to each. Um, the, the larger portly gentleman, um, this is uh, Tim. He's been working on the boat for what, what has it been, Tim? About 10 years? And Tim sort of gives him a, a gentle nod. Um, and next up, uh, this gentleman here, his name is Al. Um, Al is is a little bit more recent to the crew, but a, a fine addition nonetheless. And uh, last, we have my good brother, uh, Palin. Um, Palin has been on the ship as long as I have. Uh, and unfortunately, we've both seen a, a bit of wear, uh, both of us in some, some different areas, but um, we are a, a fine crew and we're, we're very happy to have you aboard. Thank you kindly. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Now, um, if, if you have a moment, uh, we'll just take you through the ship real quick so you know exactly what what is going on. Oh, yes. I, I see. A, a tour will be very necessary as I look at yeah. how small the trash is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lots to familiarize myself with. It takes uh, no more than five <laughs> or ten minutes um, uh, to, to see the entirety of the ship. Um, uh Reynolds sort of takes you through um, the specific placements of some of the ropes and and um, things that are a little bit different from a larger ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and he opens up a hatch in the back and shows you just the the smallest little storage area down there um, that has um, that has four cots set up um, as well. And uh, once the tour is completed, so um, this it's disheartening for me to say. Um, but unfortunately, this is not going to be like some of our other jobs. Our payment isn't going to come all up front. And I've, I've attempted to talk to the commander that we had spoken with, but he's, he's dead set on one paying us partially afterwards as well. And I did not agree to anything as, as we were speaking. And I just wanted to come back to, to the rest of you and see what what you all thought is we're not going to be getting as much pay, but I will say our friend here has generously offered to to give us a little bit of a buffer in the payment area. I try to make eye contact with each of them individually as he does this to, to, to assure them of my <laughs> value. Yeah. And as you look at each of their eyes, you can see a little bit of worry at the beginning, um, but once you make eye contact and he says that there is a little bit more payment coming, there is a little bit of a, of a um, more of a relaxed look on their eyes. Uh, I am uh, also a, a contractor of sorts, and I understand the, the sort of binder, and so I'm happy to help make this as swift and easy an operation as possible. Uh, yes. Keep y'all safe along the way. With the initial payment of 300 gold, um, not our, our full amount, um, um, we're also going to have a payment from Mr. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. Mr. It's quite all right. Uh, I'm Kellick Gray. Mr. Uh, Mr. Kellick Gray. Um, his edition of... Uh, my services. I sort of narrow my eyes at him. Uh, I have... Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not... Paying you for help, I'm here to assist. His his assistance, 
which means that all of us will be doing just a little bit less. Um, do we see that that this this is a, a fair deal um, for us to continue on? And the three of them sort of look back and forth, don't exchange any words. Yeah, I think this will be a good good situation. I assure you, uh, I have a lot of value to bring to the, the team here. Uh, you'll be glad uh, I've come. And Tim sort of steps forward uh, and, and once again shakes your hand. We're happy to have you on board. Happy to be here. Thanks, Tim. Well, then, um, I'd say as the sun is setting, um, I think we're we're ready to head out. Um, Mr. Kellick, are you comfortable operating in the dark? You would not believe how comfortable I am, <laughs> Sir Reynolds. Good. Um, we, we do most of our salvage work at night. Um, most of the dangerous predator fish um, have, at that point, um, vacated most of the area. So we, we operate at night, but we do have plenty of equipment to see and, and plenty of lights to work with um, if you are not fully comfortable. So, um, if you will each man your stations, I believe we're ready to set sail. As Reynolds goes to the back of the ship towards um, the steering wheel, everyone else sort of takes their positions, raises the main mast, um, unties from the dock, and um, as... I will I will do the best of my ability assist with this. Okay, with this action. It, it's pretty intuitive, having been on a, a, the Howard Dugan. The Howard Dugan. Um, this seems to be a very basic version of of okay, that. I so can, I can infer what, what pretty will be intuitive. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, and as you do, um, a a slight breeze from the the night chilled air sweeps across the bow, and the ship is taken out to sea. As the ship begins exiting the harbor. You look back for a moment and you see rows and rows and rows of warships. And you see way off to the left, way even past where um, the shed to get into Hayfried's Void is, way, way, way off to the left, down the coastline, you can see a series of much larger ships. But it seems that you could see like planks of wood jutting out in certain areas. You can see portions of the ships that have not fully been completed. And you can see like ants off in the distance. You can see people sort of climbing up and, and you can see these ships probably three times the size of the already massive ships that you had seen walking down being constructed. But as, as soon as you uh, continue off into the ocean, a, a um, gentle mist forms over the docks and pretty soon you are no longer able to see the coastline as you head out into the ocean. As we pass those ships, I'd like to turn to um, Reynolds and just... How, how is it? The, the naval battle of this war, I've, I'm quite familiar with how it's going on land, but I, all of this is uh, beyond my ken. The ships out in the front lines of the war, keeping mostly the blockade from um, from in front of Stillgate. They're having a tougher time day by day. Most of our work so far has been out there near the blockade line. Right. Salvaging ships and, and seeing what we can what we can gain from 
those that have been lost. That must get very dangerous for you. Yes, it's getting worse and worse by the day, but this is the work that we know, and this is the work that we enjoy doing, and we know that it's it's a small, small sum on the, the pile of the war, but we like to think that we're doing our part in helping. Uh, a small ripple can lead to a great wave, I suppose. I would agree. Well, it is going to be a couple of hours before we can get to the job site. Um, I'm going to let my crew finish uh, their work and, and actually rest up for the next few hours so we have uh, full uh, full energy by the time we get there. I would encourage you to do the same. Um, I will allow you to get uh, full rest if, if you would like. Um, we're going to set up sort of a, a, a watch plan here. Um, uh, I'm going to be steering the boat for a little while, and then we're going to have um, Tim, Alan, Palin come up. After a little while, you're, you're more than welcome to join, but that is it is unnecessary if you feel um, weary from the day. Um, I'd like to do me part. I, I appreciate you having me on board. So if I can uh, help someone get you know, a couple moments more rest, then I'm happy to take part in that. Well, look at you. You're just such a generous gentleman. Eh, I was born this way. Hard to say why. Hey, uh, good news, fellas. We're all going to be getting a couple of extra minutes of sleep tonight. And they all sort of look at you and give you a little <laughs> nod. And you can see as they go back to their work, they've got like this smile that's sort of glued onto their face. They can't really shake it. Can I? I'm kind of curious. Do these guys seem... Do, do they, they, they genuinely seem to be like a little family unit is that I I guess I'd like to just like see what their is their relationship as it appears on the surface make an insight check okay uh how do you math 27 27 (laughs) um you have been looking at this crew for a couple of hours now as you've been sailing. Um, and even just the the smallest little interactions between them um, seem to be very, even like beyond familial. Like it's anticipating each other's movements. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and, and for the most part, the ship has been almost dead silent the mm-hmm. entire time. Mm-hmm. But they hand each other things without looking. They um, they sort of if one helps out another they give them a gentle nod. Sure. It's, it's a bond beyond words um, that you're seeing, and it does seem to be a, a very yeah almost beyond familial relationship. Then, as as this news is delivered, I'll just sheepishly smile at, at, at them and <laughs> and just enjoy. I'm just quietly amused by them. All right. Right, I, I'm going to uh, stay up here for the first little bit, um, and I will come down. And um, do you have a preference on, on when you like to wake up? I know some people have a preference of if they like to sleep and then wake up and then sleep again, or if they if they like to be awake and then sleep for the full duration. Do you have a preference? If I can get a, a full a full night, that's that's my preference. I like to really get into that deep slumber possible. All right, and we'll, uh, we'll actually, sh- uh, we'll have you shut up. Um, let's say, I, uh, let's have you shut up right at the end there. 
I think we'll get as close to our mark as we can. So even if if you, uh, I assume you're not a, a full-time uh, navigator of the seas, we'll still be close, even if we're a couple of degrees off. Um, good. good to allow for that. With that, um, my cot downstairs is yours. It will be open. Um, you're more than welcome to to, uh, uh, to help yourself. I'm much obliged. You're a good sort, Reynold. I appreciate it. I'm not, I'm not the one who's helping all of us out, so I say you're the one who's who's doing that. But um, get, uh, get some good rest. It's going to be a decent amount of work in the morning. And I, I will take his leave and uh, head down. Okay. Um, and as you do, um, as you get down, you see that, that Tim, Alan, Palin are already down there. And um, Tim is sort of like, making his bed before he gets into it. And you can see he's um, just like very carefully um, making seams on each corner. He's very carefully putting like a little blanket over the top. He's perfectly fluffing his pillow. And every once in a while, he'll take like a step back and look at it and then correct another little thing. Um, You can see Al is just sort of like throwing everything onto his bed. And by the time you get down there, you can see Palin is already fast asleep. (laughs) But um, as soon as you get down there, um, you, your your footsteps sort of make noise on each of the steps as you go down. And Tim immediately looks over at you, um, walks over, opens up a little tiny cabinet, grabs a, a little pillow and a blanket, and walks over and hands it to you as he walks back and gets himself into bed. I'll take that with a quiet nod, and I'll, I'll head over. Is it, I'm assuming it's all this is all just in one chamber? It's in one tiny chamber. If you... If you are laying there and you reached your hand out, you would be able to touch the other person's bed. Um, there's a, just the smallest little walkway in between. Okay. Um, as I as I lay out my my bedding here, I'd like to sort of see if there's any in this cot, any minor uh, tears or like wear in it and uh, damage of any kind. Yeah, there's one major tear sort of up near, if you were laying down facing the ceiling, sort of up near the left shoulder, there's one pretty major tear. And then um, you can see that there's also sort of like um, the outer cloth of it has almost been worn away um, right down where you would put like your heels of your feet. Okay, then I will um, uh, pull from my bag a a needle, a, a, a small needle, and I will um, just lightly uh, poke it into the fabric and I will cast mending to repair that that section of the bed okay um, and you can see that the 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 fabric on the outside um, extends out and almost reaches towards um, each other and each of the the little strings intertwine and completely mend themselves right, with a little little self-satisfaction I will lay myself to sleep <laughs> all right um Okay, so you get um, you are you are getting a rest here. Is there anything that you would like to do besides sleeping while you're down here? Um, are there do we do we get is there is there a window upward in this? No, you okay. are co- you are completely under underwater mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. If I were to leave this into the sort of main, um, hmm. I guess from where the in terms of size of the ship, is there a way I, is there any privacy? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Short answer, no. As you are looking around, though, or not that you've seen, I'll say that. Mm. As you are looking around, though, the bottom 
of the ship, like the, the quarters that you are currently in, this sort of this uh, storage and sleeping area, does not extend the full length of the boat. Um, you see it, it, it does occupy um, probably half of the back section of the boat. The entire front section of the boat, where you know in, in other ships, um, there's usually more storage space or, yeah. or other space, seems to be completely walled off mm-hmm. um, in, this, in this storage area here. Okay. So from what you would what you would assume from your previous knowledge is there's probably an open area underneath the front of the ship that you have not seen yet. Okay. Would that feel like a place that was off limits to me as a guest on this vessel? Um you haven't seen any entrances or exits to it. It just seems like there there might just be an open space in there. Okay, I will I will sort of cautiously approach that area to see if I can just sequester myself from everybody for a minute. It's it's like it's walled off by wood. There's nothing. Oh, there's not. Okay. Yeah, it's there's like it seems way? like it seems like a sealed off. Oh. Area. Yeah. Okay. You don't see any entrance or exit to it, um, but you know that there should be more open area in the front there. Okay. Weird. <laughs> okay. Um, that's strange. Uh, uh, and then I. Uh, bef- I guess what I would like to do... Well, if I can't find any privacy, then I'm not going to bother. I'll just go to sleep. <laughs> I will I will search around a little bit um, and uh, sort of ruefully um, trace the circles on my medallion. Let's talk soon. All right? And, uh, and then I'll just uh, return to the chamber and, and lie down. All right. You finish your long rest, and you wake up to a gentle tap on your shoulder. Okay. Almost imperceptible, but you can feel the tap getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And as you open your eyes, you see Palin standing there. And he's sort of tapping you, sort of nudging your shoulder. <sighs> ah. Gives you a little wave with his hand. Oh, ah, hey, hey, uh, sorry. And he slowly puts his index finger up towards his lips, giving you sort of a, a motion to be quiet. I, at this, I just look suspiciously around the cabin. You see everyone else, um, Reynolds, Tim, and Al, are all asleep. And you see Palin begin to slowly walk out of this, this undership area. And he sort of gives you a gentle motion to follow him. Um, what's what's going on, Palin? He puts his finger up to his lips again. Hey, you sure you want me to come with you? And he he sort of smiles, nods his head, and, and motions for you to follow him. And I just like look cautiously around the room once more, and I'll follow him. All right. With concern. Okay. (laughs) You creep your way up the stairs and make your way to the top deck. Palin in front of you. Palin walks around, makes his way over to the, the steering wheel of the ship. And as you get up to the top deck, you see the most clear night sky that you have ever seen. You can pinpoint every single star in the sky. 
And as you make your way up onto the top deck and you look around, you can see that the ocean around you is completely still, like a perfect mirror on the ocean. And you can see the stars above you reflected in the ocean below you. And as you look around, the only thing that's keeping it from looking like you're floating through space is the small ripples left by the ship trailing behind you. Wow. Starting to see why you'd make a life of this. Is it always like this out here? Alan sort of shrugs his shoulders as if to say sometimes. Did you want to show me this or was there something else? He sort of, uh, his eyes sort of spark open once more um, and he runs down into the, the the cargo area and rummages around for, for about 30 seconds before he comes back up with a, a just a little chunk of bread and he puts his uh, finger over his lips once more mm-hmm. as he walks out to the, the very front of the ship reaches his hand out and drops the bread into the water okay I will I will like take a step back from where he's dropped the bread <laughs> alright and as you as you look down, you can see all of a sudden the ocean begin to glow. This this bioluminescent turquoise and blue. Wow. And you can see as the bread floats down into the water, you see a massive mouth open up. This huge bioluminescent whale <laughs> opens its mouth, engulfs the bread closes his mouth once more, and you can see the massive tail kick back, um, splashing some water up onto the bow of the ship as it dives down deeper. Holy starlight. Uh, Your brother said that the the major predators were asleep at this time? As Palin sort of almost chuckles to himself, pats you on the back, rolls up his sleeve, and puts his hand down into the water. I, uh, I, 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 Palin, are you sure that's a good idea? The whale comes back from the depths. You can see it emerge from the black underneath as its bioluminescent blue and and green streaks throughout it um, make themselves known as they come out and just sort of gently grace themselves underneath Palin's hand. You can see Palin almost pets the whale. I audibly gulp. <laughs> As Palin sort of takes his arm out of the water, he shakes it off, brings his, his sleeve back down, and takes you by the shoulders and sort of walks you over towards the steering wheel, places you behind it, places your hands on the steering wheel, <laughs> and over your shoulder... I think I got the gist, Palin. Over your shoulder, puts his arm out and sort of points... So you can see directly where he's pointing. Okay. And he points to a spot off in the horizon, pats you on the back, and walks down into the cargo area. I will try to align where he points with what I see in the stars to, okay. to anchor his his direction to try to navigate well. All right. 
Okay, and as Palin goes to sleep, I'm going to have you make a survival check for me. All right. See how you are at uh, Not navigating favorite. the stars. <laughs> Although at least wisdom. Okay, not bad. That's a dirty 20. Dirty 20, nice. Um, after a couple of hours, Tim, Alan, Palin, and Reynold come up from below. They have woken up, and um, you can see immediately Reynold um, walks over to you, uh, sort of calmly, um, reaches down below the steering wheel, sort of opens up a little um, a little compartment in there, grabs a book, um, opens it up, and begins reading, looking up at the stars, going down and reading. You're pretty good. We're not too far off here. I am like white knuckling the steering wheel <laughs> trying to like really trying to do my best at this at something that I have no practice at um, um, we are still just a couple hours from daylight um, but I think we're we're coming up we're pretty close um, if you could just allow me to get us just right in position we can uh, we can finalize our position here oh yeah sure and I as I try to like peel myself off of it it takes me a second to actually uh, undo the rigor that my, my body has been set into <laughs> Um, and after a couple minutes of sort of steering and, and doing just very minor course corrections, it's not like, you know, doing a right-hand turn and, and um, sure. completely going in a different direction. Um, just some minor course corrections. Um, um, Reynolds, signals, uh, Reynolds signals to lower the canopy and to stop the ship from moving. As the crew does this and as you assist with uh, bringing down the canopy, Reynolds walks over towards the mast and you can see a little gear almost uh, almost like a, a, a turning lever and he walks over and he places his two hands on the lever and Tim walks over to the other side and places his two hands on the lever and they begin rotating this and you can hear it from beneath the ship you can see at this point Al and Palin run to the front of the ship and grab two pieces of of the wood and lift it up, opening it up into this this area in the front of the ship that you hadn't previously seen. Now you see these two um, doors open up on the front of the ship. Mm -hmm. And as as Tim and Reynolds are ticking this, you can see a massive um, copper and glass tank raise up from the ship. You can see the tank is is pretty well rusted. You can see that the, the copper has turned into green in a lot of areas, um, but you can see the, the glass tank is completely empty. You can see um, these copper tubes coming off of the sides of it. And you can also see um, yards and yards and yards and yards of rope extending off of this thing as well, sort of wrapped around in a, in a curled motion. I just sort of screw my face up at the side of this. I, I'm pretty confident I can say I've never seen anything like this before. Yes, you can very <laughs> confidently say that. Can I can I guess at its purpose, knowing that they're scavengers? It, like, is it is it? Can I connect the dots between what I'm witnessing? Looking at it, you can see the copper tubes that are coming off of it. They seem to almost be this this accordion like make. Okay. You can see that they extend, and they probably extend quite a bit um, as, as these seem to be little intricate things. At the end of these tubes, you can see what look like um, um, almost like masks that would perfectly fit over your nose and your mouth. Um, it looks like 
there's probably a massive tank of air that then leads into these masks that allow you to breathe underwater. I probably should have asked this before we set sail, but uh, what are your uh, swimming skills like? Are you decent? Are you a decent swimmer? Uh, I have swam. That's good enough for this crew. Uh, gentlemen, um, let's, let's get ready. Um, everyone, uh, please line up. As Reynolds pulls from his, his back pocket um, a couple of things of straw, um, he pulls out four straws. And looking at you, he reaches back into his back pocket and pulls out a fifth straw and reaches it out towards the crew. All right, everyone, uh, let's... Pick straws as Tim, Alan, Palin walk up, take a straw, and he reaches out towards you. Um, I timidly pluck a straw. All right. And as you take the final straw, everyone puts their straws up in the air. It looks like everyone except for Al got a long straw. Al drew the short straw. Ah. And Al goes, Poor Al. Oh, man, I was... Looking forward to this one. And Al sort of takes his position at the steering wheel and he goes, well, you guys all have fun. I'll just be here, I guess. Hold down the ship for us, Al. You'll do a great job. As uh, Tim, Palin, and Reynold walk over towards this massive tank um, and sort of affix these masks towards their faces, uh, Reynold picks one up and and motions over towards you. Uh, I take it. Uh, and I sort of look to him for guidance on how to affix it. <laughs> and um, you, he shows you, he puts it on, and as soon as he does, um, you can hear almost like a, um, uh, like air escaping a vacuum as it affixes itself to his face. You can see his skin is pulled just a little bit, but it looks like it is mostly um, like a, a, probably a vacuum sealed um, device. And as you put it up to your face, you immediately feel it snap onto your face. I, I sort of stiffen at the at, uh, the response time. And then I look I look at him kind of wide-eyed and marvel at the machine. All right, then. And as you do, Reynolds walks over to the machine and you can see that on one side there is a panel with various switches and he flips a couple of them and you can see a rotating motor in the bottom of this massive tank begin to whir and begin to whirl and you can hear the clicking of of gears and the whirring of metal as all of a sudden you feel your lungs begin to fill with oxygen as now oxygen is being pumped in through your mask and you hear Reynolds sort of shout over the the mask and over the sound of the machine all right we're going into the water now so I would just say for you you just follow what we're doing and you'll be set you'll be good to go I sort of nod, and I and I I take off the parts of my robe that would be least helpful in an underwater situation. <laughs> the, the robey bits, yeah, I will remove, and I'll, I still have the leather armor on, of course. Um, but I just just as quickly as I can, toss that aside and um, leaving leaving the uh, um, pendant on the the necklace on, uh, and I sort of like stand by for for direction. Uh, all right, and as you're actually doing that, you see the the very loose-fitting um, clothes and leather armor that you had seen the crew wearing previously. They sort of 
do a, a very similar thing to what you're doing, except they reach around their back to the back piece of their leather armor, pull some straps, and as they pull these two straps on either side, every every piece of their clothing um, sort of gets it gets sucked in closer to their body, almost making them more more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, the the loose pieces of leather armor snap to them, and um, it, it looks much more form fitting now. Um, Tim walks over to the the side of the boat, sort of. Um, lifts his leg, puts it up onto the side of the boat, and heaves himself over into the water. Palin runs towards the side and does sort of a more elegant dive, and Reynold goes over to the side of the boat, sort of sits up on the ledge, and just falls backwards into the water with a splat. I'm just gonna quickly, like, assess the the degree of mobility I have being tethered in this way with this mask on. I'm just gonna, like, check on the... <laughs> Give there is. <laughs> and as you as you check, you can't even really tell how much give there is because every time you pull, it extends. Mm-hmm. And it extends very easily. And I look at the machine, and I look up once more at the sky, and I shrug my shoulders, and I... I st- steadfast, stride forward, sit on the edge of the boat, and just slip into the water uh, without... Without holding my breath too much. <laughs> All right, um, awesome. And as you as you fall into the water, it is pitch black. As it's still it's still a couple hours from sunrise. It is pitch black. You look around and you can't see anything. Then all of a sudden, you see a spark of flame underneath the boat. And with that tiny spark of flame, you can just see the silhouettes of Tim. Palin and Reynold. And you can see them sort of moving around this flame. And all of a sudden, the flame gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, every bit of the water around you begins to glow and begins to illuminate itself. Now you can perfectly see there is a fire underneath the boat that is encapsulated in this this glass dome underneath the boat. And you can see that now Tim, Palin, and Reynolds are situating a massive um, glass mirror on the underside of it, perfectly reflecting a spotlight down deep, deep, cool. deep into the depths. Um, seeing this, I'll cast light on my uh, on my sickle at my hip so that it's just casting light around me in a, in okay. a radius. And um, seeing this Palin turns around and as it's underwater you can't hear anything but he he looks at you and he gives you a, like a silent very slow <laughs> clap yeah I just give him a, a thumbs up <laughs> and with that they all dive deep 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 into the water as you follow you can feel your mask perfectly staying on your face you feel like if if you were to try and tug it off it, it would it would probably come off but you don't feel any resistance from this copper cord going back. It seems like the further you go, the more it's like impossibly extending. Okay. You all swim further and further and further down. And as you descend, this brilliant spotlight that was almost too bright to look at when you were at the ship begins to fade and fade and fade until a very dim glow is what is all that remains. A very dim glow that casts just the smallest light upon a coral reef at the bottom of the ocean. 
you look around and you can see certain aspects of the reef moving and swaying back and forth. You see other more rigid, more rocky pieces. You see small little schools of fish swimming around. And in the middle of it all, you see a ship of Ondale crashed, capsized. You see a massive chunk of it on the right side, completely blown out. What would you like to do? Well, am I seeing any corpse flower anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, you do not. Um, I will try to see. I, I'm gonna. I am gonna look for. Are there any signs of vegetation? Yeah, so looking around in this in this very dim light, you're just able to see um, it, it appears that the ship here is a relatively new addition. There is um, a little bit of, of like sea life and plant life um, just barely starting to sort sure. of creep its way onto it, but it is mostly what looks like um, amongst a massive coral reef. Um, looking around, you can see all different types of of flora down here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would be chiefly looking for fungus because that's where I've gotten my information from. Okay. <laughs> all right. Do I, do I see um, like you that? do see. You do see. Um, actually, the the part that is overtaking the ship the most does seem to be a sort of fungus based plant. Okay. You see, it looks uh, very spongy. It's got uh, various whole sizes on it. It's It does look uh, very fungal. Okay. Does that seem to be relatively near to where my uh, away team here is uh, exploring? Yeah. As you're as you're descending down, um, the, the rest of your team is sort of making their way down to the back of the ship. You can see that the, that the fungus area is sort of more like midship up towards where some of the uh, sort of the midship cannons are. So yeah, I mean, just keeping them in my peripherals, I, I guess I will um, just swim my way over over to the to where the fungus is and see if there's any. Uh, I guess I'm looking for. Oh well, yeah, I'm gonna swim over to there, keeping keeping the team in my peripheral, um, and then I'm going to. Um, and I'll use Eyes of the Grave because I'm looking for a corpse flower. Awesome. Um, what is the range on that? It is 60 feet. 60 feet. And I can see undead. See so I don't undead. know what what that would be relative to a corpse flower, <laughs> but in theory... As you cast Eyes of the Grave, you immediately sense two undead presences within this ship. Um, And at this point, the rest of your team is now exploring the back of the ship and you can no longer see them within this wreckage. Okay. Um, Did I see where they went? Yeah, you saw that they steered around towards the back of the ship and and there's sort of a massive hole um, into the ship and it seems that that's where they're going. Okay, I'm gonna, as quickly as I can, motor my way over, swim swim my way over to where where they were and... Are they relatively close to where I felt the general presence of these undead? No, you felt it sort of at the opposite corner of, okay. of the ship. And okay. as you make your way over the side of the ship and you look into this this almost crater made into the side of the ship, you can see 
Tim there. You can see Reynold there. Tim, they're, they're all sort of facing in different directions. You can see Tim in the corner sort of um, scavenging through a couple of open crates in one corner. You see Reynold um, going through some drawers. And as he opens some of the drawers, you can see these like papers float out into the water around. And you can see Palin in another corner. And all of a sudden, two arms reach out grab Palin and pull him around the corner without a noise. What, All that remains are a few bubbles What kind? he was. What kind of arms? <laughs> Can I see? It looks like humanoid arms. Okay. But you're not exactly able to tell what kind of humanoid. So I see Tim and Reynolds, and, but Palin's been pulled. Yes. Okay. I'm going to shout over to Reynolds. I guess he can't hear me, though. It was very tough to hear, even on land, you don't feel like you would be on. able to to shout to someone. Okay, then I'm gonna swim over to Reynolds, grab him by the shoulder. He turns around and looks at you. And I'm gonna point to where Palin was and, and try and say, Palin got grabbed by something and there's a, a, a dangerous force on the other side of the ship. Uh, and I sort of make like claw gestures with my hands. Monsters, other side of the ship. Make a persuasion check to see how well you can get this across. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of a lot of information. Persuasion? Yeah. Um, 24. 24. I'm rolling like a madman. Reynolds <laughs> turns around and looks exactly where Palin was. And as you both turn around to look where Palin was, your eyes glance past Tim. And all of a sudden the floorboards underneath Tim burst open and two more hands reach up, grab him by his feet and pull him down into the hole that was created, leaving only a few bubbles floating where he was. Are there copper cables still pulled behind where they were? Or? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tap Reynolds on the, on, the, on the arm and point to where Pound is taken and say, you, you go for your brother. I'll follow Tim. And it seems that Reynolds understood that, and he floats over towards where Palin was. And then I'm going out of your sight. You swim arm over arm <laughs> over to where Tim was, and you look and you see a hole in in the ship, in the floorboards of the ship, leading down into a pitch black area. Okay, you're diving down. I'm diving down. I've still got light on my sickle for what it's worth. Or whatever it's like 20 feet of bright light 20 feet of dim light okay that it casts as you make your way into this new section of the ship you immediately look around as, as it is now lit and you can see Tim there floating up against a wall with his hands up you can see his hands gripping a trident that is pressed up against his throat you can see him fighting to shake back and forth to get this trident off of his throat and you can see a creature there Seems to be blue-green in hue, long green hair, webbed hands and feet, pressing this uh, trident up against Tim's throat. Oh, and as geez. it turns around to you, you can see gills on the side of its throat. Hey! Hey! It's all right! Don't hurt him! Out of nowhere, you feel another two arms grab you by the shoulders and press you up against a wall. Another one of these creatures is right in front of you. They, uh, they uh, almost silently 
gnash their teeth at you and you can see these pointed, jaggy teeth right below these these vertical slits of nostrils. Um, as as they grab me, um, if I'm if I can grab their arms with my hands, I'm going to say Expedit and cast tongues. Uh, as my as my uh, uh, hand glows with embering light. Okay. Uh, and uh, this creature can now understand any spoken language it hears. Uh, and when it speaks, any creature that knows at least one language uh, and can hear the target understands what it says. Um, and I'm going to say, We come in peace. We're just here to, to clear the rubble. And as you finish saying that sentence, you can hear all of a sudden a communication between these two creatures that are in the room. What you see as tritons in front of you. You've come across a few of these creatures before. And, but for the first time, you can hear them communicating with each other. The vibrations within the water become audible to your ears. And you can hear them saying, I don't know what they're doing here. We just, uh, get them to calm down. Get them to calm down. We don't, we don't know where it is. And as the one in front of you turns to you, you speak our language. Eh, uh, some, just a bit. Just stay here. Don't move. Uh, don't hurt him over there, all right? And I'll, I'll, I'll follow your lead. He covers your mouth, but it's, it's (laughs) covered with the mask already. I just sort of like, as you're you hear floorboards above you in the ship breaking and cracking under massive weight everything goes silent you hear floorboards continuing to crack and groan you see above you in the hole that you just came down from the floorboards you can see vines just creeping in almost latching onto the hole. And just above you, through that hole, you see a massive silhouette of an object, perfectly silhouetted with the spotlight that was shined down from the boat. Mass moving over you as both of the Tritons go completely still in panic. Jero Oculus. Uh, I'm going to activate Eyes of the Grave once more. Does this seem to be the source of the undead You can see all of a sudden two humanoid creatures almost animalistically latched onto the side of this mass moving over you and you feel that is where the presence of undead is coming from from these two humanoids latched onto the side of this mass I think they'd pick a better word than flower for such a thing I I sort of give a, a, a baleful look uh, uh, an almost casually grim look to, to this triton in front of me. Listen. Let me go. I, uh, I'll deal with that thing. I'm not gonna let you deal with that thing. I'm gonna get you out of here. You need to go back from wherever you came from. Listen. These men, this is the thing they do to survive. Sure, your people have their own practices. Let them carry out their business here. I'll deal with that behemoth, and then we'll be—you'll be rid of us. No one's here to stay. 
If you're set on that, I guess you would make a good distraction. I've been called worse things. Okay. We're going to make our way out of here. Say good luck to you, but I don't know how far that's going to get you. I've never had it to begin with. Appreciate it all the same. And then the two Tritons look at each other, share a glance. The one holding Tim up against the wall with his trident relaxes and lets go. And almost with graceful ease and no effort, propel themselves through the water, up through the hole, and in the opposite direction of the mass that moved over you. I give Tim a look of like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I, I uh, point to him and point to where um, Reynolds and, and Palin uh, went relatively to where we are. And I'll swim also in that direction to, to see see if I can find where they ended up. Okay, you swim, sort of pulling myself along the wall of this narrow uh, wooden corridor. Yeah, and you swim over to where they were, and you swim into this this room that you hadn't seen before. And as soon as you get into the room, you see the two Triton that you had seen before, as well as two other Triton there, just leaving the room. You can just barely see them as they exit, as. Reynolds and Palin sort of relax and begin floating off of the wall that they were probably held up against. Um, man, communication is hard underwater. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, my hand still kind of like dimly lit by the, the uh, ashes I used for as the grave, I will press up against my throat. Boca! And I'll cast Thaumaturgy. Okay. Which can make my voice up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll use that. Uh, so that's what I'm after. That beast above us. Uh, I'm gonna go see if I can acquire it. Uh, I don't think the Tritons would bother us any further. Uh, so we'll just keep quiet down here. Keep away from this monster. And as you finish saying that, you are all in this room, sort of bathed in this spotlight, when all of a sudden the room goes dark. And you look up overhead as this massive creature swims up over you and past you, and directly in line with where the Triton swam off to. And I will, at that, I will kick off from where I am if I can get if so if, if it's open above us yes it is okay I will kick off and I will shake off my, my bandage is sort of super loose at this point <laughs> probably barely <laughs> barely clung to my hand and I'll sort of shake it shake my palm and my hand free of whatever's lingering there and I'll just like pound it against my chest and uh, I will drag my hand across the water slowly across the water in front of me and uh I'll cast spiritual weapon uh as close as I can to this uh this thing that's pursuing these these Triton okay and been otherwise that, peaceful <laughs> I am gonna have you roll initiative okay <laughs> of all the things to fail that's okay 
Yeah. Uh, that's a four. <laughs> it's a four. Okay. <laughs> I don't suppose I got a surprise round with my spiritual weapon. Your spiritual weapon casting that um, prompted the uh, prompted the attack, so it does not get one. Sure thing. Unfortunately. That's fine. And as your spiritual weapon glows, its radiance, you can see, almost sends out shock waves and vibrations throughout the water. And as soon as those vibrations get to this creature, it turns around and looks at you. And as it turns around, you can see several humanoid skulls engulfed in vines on the front, all of their faces now affixed to you. You can see vines-like tentacles protruding out from the bottom. And on the back of it, you can see a myriad of coral and what looks like part of the reef. You can see underwater flowers and barnacles all along the backs of it amongst these bright red flowers that protrude from the back. As it turns around, you feel this low rumble throughout the water, this It shakes your body to its core. And as it moves towards you, it's going to swim at a blinding speed and make its way up to you. It is going to whip out two of its um, vine tentacles and try and make an attack against you. Okay. All right, that first one is going to be a 25 to hit. That'll hit. That is going to be... 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. I'm going to have you make a constitution saving throw. 11 points of bludgeoning and a con save. And you can feel as this tentacle whips across your body, you can feel these sharp, jagged points of coral scraping across your body as well. And as they do, you you can feel sort of this, this scraping sensation along your skin. which is still amplified by three times. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, what is that constitution saving throw? That is going to be a, a 14. A 14, okay. You take 22 points of poison damage. 22? Yes. Good Lord. As it is whipping its tentacles out from you, you see two dead bodies float off of the corpse, almost detached by the movement of the corpse flower. And that is going to be its turn. Kellick, what are you doing? Okay. (laughs) Okay. I am going to... Look, I know I'm not the most agreeable sort, but I could use an ally at the moment. Um, And uh, the, the... The spiritual weapon is is still the um, it's just the rift that I've torn open in the in the fabric here that's like impossibly glowing amidst all this darkened water, um, and I will um, uh, squeeze my palm and uh, uh, it almost like um, mirroring matching the the scar in my hand to the rift itself. I'll I'll squeeze it and the rift starts to close a little bit, and then I'll and I'll reopen it and drag the rift ever so much larger. Uh, And as as I painfully tear this rift rift even further apart, um, 
the normal ashes that would pour out in order to form the the uh, elongated silver dagger that is my spiritual weapon um, pour even further, and they and they burn out and all and possibly they are alight with flame uh, as they uh, swim out into this water and form into um, a a an amorphous humanoid shape with a an ashen burning mantle and a and a cow pulled over an uh, unseeable face as I cast summon celestial. Okay. <laughs> summon celestial. Okay. <laughs> and as this thing comes into being with its uh, very much like Zachriel's mantle uh, on it, uh, uh, I will sacrifice the requisite uh, HP as it pulls directly from the skin on my hand, um, which I believe is 10. Is that right? Uh, how much gold is, is uh, the so component? The component is 500 gold pieces. 500 gold pieces. So yes, that will be searing through 10 Ooh, okay. HP <laughs> as your arm begins to sear and wither away and amplified even more so by the salt water that's that's consuming it right now. The sting is <laughs> almost immeasurable as you conjure this. Okay. Uh, as this thing comes into being. Summon Celestial. What, what does that do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're going to find out. Uh, I am choosing Defender. Help me out here! And uh, as uh, I'm gonna basically coordinate this thing's attack with my spiritual weapons attack, as this this rift uh, uh, pulls alongside and the and the spiritual weapon comes out, and I'm going to have that take a slash against this thing. Okay. Nice. Good. Okay. <laughs> I need to land some hits here. <laughs> uh, that is a um, t- uh, twenty-six. Twenty-six hits. Yeah. That's uh, 15 points of slashing damage from the spiritual weapon. Okay. And then the celestial, for its turn, uh, it's going to make a, a, a melee attack. Makes a number of attacks equal to half this spell's level. So that means two. Because okay. the fifth level's level. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, make those attacks. Okay. So it's going to take a swing. It, it's, its body is, is this amorphous thing. Of, of simmering and burning ashes that are kind of going in and out of flux of being hot and cool. And, uh, and its arm forms this, this mace that's just like spewing flame into the water. Um, uh, and it, that is going to be a 15... Uh, it's a 15 to hit. Yeah, 15 hits. Yes! <laughs> I need this. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And that does... Uh, 1d10. Okay. So <laughs> there's a lot of modifiers in this, yeah. in this creature's stat block. So that is uh, 9 plus 5. So 14, 14. radiant damage uh, with the first hit as it smashes this, this uh, ashen mace into the creature. Um, and the... Uh, and Brilliantly, for very fortunately, uh, the uh, uh, when it hits, it can choose itself or another creature it can see within ten feet, and the chosen creature gains one d ten temporary hit points. So I'm gonna get some HP back. You are within that ten feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, dude. Okay, so, so I get nine temporary hit points as this as the ashes that blast off from it as it lands this blow into this uh, uh, flowery uh, mass. Uh, uh, some of those ashes spill off, um, kind of almost collecting pieces of this flower 
and pour through my hand back back into my arm to like re-stitch uh, the, the skin together. Nice. Um, and then it's going to make another attack. Okay. Oh, which isn't uh, a critical fail. <laughs> All right. That does not have a, a swing, slices right by, and um, the, the vines just move out of the way just in time. Okay. All right, is that the end of your turn? That's the end of both of our turns. Okay, <laughs> next up, this massive corpse flower is going to lift all of its tentacles up and is going to make two um, massive slam attacks against the ship itself. As these tentacles and vines come down, it slams the, its main body itself into the ship as fragments of wood and shards of, of metal and glass go absolutely everywhere. And within this explosion, you can see just floating out of the ship the corpses of the dead crew members that once occupied this ship. Oh, dear. And you see eight of these corpses float out from the wreckage. And as you do, you can see um, two of these massive cannons are also knocked up and into the water, sort of floating um, mid position sort of floating there and you can see into this gear like loading mechanism you can see they both have cannonballs loaded into them already that is the end of the corpse flowers turn what would you like to do Kellick? okay uh where, where am i in relationship to this this flower exactly am i within my adjacent to it based on its size or how, how does that work it is it is taking up most of the front corner of this ship directly off to your left is your celestial companion um, as well as your um, spiritual weapon mm-hmm. and you are just 10 feet back from that sort of just at the lip of the bow where the um, the initial opening of the um, the ship was where you went down with with Tim. Okay. Okay. Do I see uh, the boys anywhere? <laughs> Looking they... back at this moment, you do not. Okay. Okay. Oh, you weren't in that particular chamber at the time. Uh, uh, what, what's the state of the uh, these corpses? They're just corpses floating up? At just corpses floating. And you can see the corpse flower just beginning to move its tentacles out in each of its directions to try and grab them. It has okay. not grabbed them yet, but you can see that movement. Don't want to know what happens when it grabs them. Definitely don't want to do that. Uh, 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 okay, well, I'm going to... I mean, it's just necessary at this point, unfortunately. I'm going to um, quickly uh, cast Cure Wounds on myself. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to do that at second level, let's say. Okay, I'm going to regain... 13 points of HP. And then I'm going to use my spiritual weapon once more to slash at this uh, corpse flower. Natural 20. Nice. Spiritual weapon. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's not bad. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Spiritual weapon critting. That feels feels good. So that's um, 16 plus 5, which is uh, 21. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. 21. And then he's going to roll his damage. Okay. Oh, nice, dude. Okay. All right. Uh, that is 36 
36 total points of slashing damage. Wow, okay. <laughs> As this, this uh, once more, this this rift is just floating, kind of like channeling uh, uh, silvery uh, ashes that explode into fire as they come out of this rift. As this, this once again, this long, slender dagger. It's got kind of a, it's got kind of a narrow um, hilt, and it's and it's a uh, and it's a very straight, teeny tiny, almost a stiletto uh, point of blade as it slashes out through uh, this corpse flower. Okay. Uh, and then it's my. It's Celestial. It's my buddy's yeah. turn. <laughs> what are they doing? They're gonna also take a smashing hit at this thing. Man. Okay. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to get rid of it. <laughs> I gotta I gotta bring this thing back. And I'm sort of as this is happening, I'm just like uh, c- conducting these creatures like in, like an orchestra. Uh, that is gonna be uh, t- uh, twenty fucking <laughs> twenty three. Yeah, that hits. That hits. Nice. Okay, and that's a d10. Zero damage. Hang on. that's It's plus the spell's level. Okay, plus three plus the spell's level. So four plus. So that's nine points. Okay. 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 And then it's going to take another attack. And that is a uh, 15 to hit. 15 hits. Yes. Okay, and then smashing away at this thing with this burning, uh, uh, almost a hammer. It's the mace, but it, but it, it, it's so amorphous that it's just this, yeah, almost this manifestation of wrath. Um, and that's a okay. Oof, yeah, it's, I think that's eighteen plus three plus five. Nice. Yeah, eighteen points of radiant damage uh, to this creature from from my boy. Awesome. From my baby boy, okay. <laughs> Celestial. <laughs> Is that the end of your turn? That's the end of its turn. Okay. The corpse flower reaching its tentacles out grabs four of the humanoid corpses, brings it in and almost squishes them into its central body mass. And in front of it, some of its vines peel away. Oh, and you man. can see... These, these massive flower petals as right in the center of them opens up to jagged teeth and a mouth as all of a sudden this putrid spray spills out into the water and consumes you. Uh, I'm going to have you make a constitution saving throw for me. Okay. 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 18? 18 just meets oh! the DC. You are still taking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Oh, yeah. 13 piercing damage. Okay. As these these shards of coral are being shot towards you within this cloud of gas. As well as 17 points of necrotic damage. As this gas begins seeping into each and every one of your your cuts and your scrapes that the coral has made across your skin. How much was the, the corrosive damage, that, that second number? Necrotic was 17. 17, damage. okay. And with that, one of the cannons that was shot up into the, into the water just very gently lands back down on the bow of the ship, and the other one lands and almost just barely floats and hits the the top of the coral of this this mass of plants 
And that is its turn. Kellick, what are you doing? Are either of these cannons in such a position that I could aim them at this thing? Um, they're floating in the water. If you wanted to try and push one into a position, you definitely could try that. Okay. The way that they're floating through the water, it does seem that they are at least movable. Um... Can I, can I tell what condition these cannons are in, knowing that this this ship might not have been the best ship in the fleet? <laughs> so For sure, <laughs> yeah. Thinking back to, to On the Docks um, and and having this the conversation with Reynolds, um, you know that this ship had one of its cannons malfunction and blow up. Um, and looking at the other cannons, they were probably affected by that explosion as well. You can see twisted pieces of metal, so it's not too far of a stretch to think that some of these cannons are themselves now unstable. Okay. With my very limited mechanical knowledge. Uh, man, how they're floating in the water currently? From they are, they yes. They're, they're floating sort of down. One of them has, has almost perched itself on top of the corpse flower itself. Oh, okay. It's literally like just above it's, it? It's just above it, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, it, the way it's been attacking me, has it been, um, would I know that if I wanted to swim away that I'd be able to get an opportunity attack? Am I within its attack range currently? You are within the range of its tentacles, yes. Okay, okay. Good enough. Okay. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. What do I have? (laughs) (laughs) Too many options. A litany of options. Um, can I tell from the mechanism of the cannon how it how it would fire and whether it would be able to fire underwater or it, like what the yeah, so you system see, of combustion is, I guess? You see um, what looks like a standard cannon in the front, though near the back of it, sort, sort of towards the base, there is a, um, a, a like a two-lever system. Um, and you can see right next to it is this sort of mechanical box that leads up into... Um, almost like a tube that a tube made of, of thick metal that has several cannonballs loaded into it. Okay. Um, and from what you know of, from your time at war, you know that there is generally gunpowder and, and some sort of exploding mechanism near the back and the base, probably towards where those levers are. Okay. Okay. So just to put it in layman's term, pulling those levers would in theory fire the, the cannon. Yes. You got it, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's up to you. I'm trying to think. I can't really get the boys to help me with this. Is my only thing because I, they're not that sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not the lever pulling type. Um, I don't think. I don't think the celestial is really. Uh... Oh, actually. Can the Celestial do it? It says, the creature is an ally to you and your companions. In combat, it shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. It obeys your verbal commands. No action required by you. Yeah, I'd if say you, that a lot. If it. you don't issue any, it takes the dodge action. So it has that, its own actions. I would I would say yes. Okay. It's, it's swinging a mace of fury at this thing. <laughs> I, I don't see why it couldn't pull. Uh, yeah, okay, all right, all right, all right. Let me think of how I want to do this. <laughs> it's a lot of order of operations here. Um, because one of the cannons is floating off just to the side of it, correct? Yes. Okay. For your ruling, what would a, would pulling a lever require an action? No. Okay. 
Okay. <sighs> I can't risk taking damage. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. I think I know what I want to do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Uh. Okay. Uh. I am going to. Uh. Swim around this thing, staying in its attack range, to position myself opposite where the cannon is floating above it. Okay. Okay. And then, um, uh, with my action, I will uh, uh, put put uh, put my my hand to my heart, and I will cast Death Ward on myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Not knowing exactly how big this explosion will be. Um, then I will look basically past the the shoulder of this beast to my to my uh, celestial. Pull the trigger! And then I will attack with my spiritual weapon. Okay. And that is a 13 to hit spiritual weapon. A 13 hits. Oh, nice. Yeah, 13 hits. Thank goodness. All right. So that's going to be uh, 15 points of slashing damage. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, it'll be the Celestial's turn, and it's gonna, it's ashen form will swarm up to this cannon, and it's gonna pull that lever. All right, and you can't really see it exactly the way that you're positioned because you are on the opposite side of this creature, but you can hear the lever being pulled, and you hear a mechanical ding, ding, ding. boom, <laughs> a massive explosion. I am going to have you, I'll, I'll have you do the rolling on this. Um, <laughs> that is going to be uh, 10d12. <laughs> okay, 10d12? Yes, for everything within a, let me see. For everything within a 30 foot radius and half that for everything within a 50 foot radius. I guess I'll roll it. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have enough D12s. I mean, I've got some in the closet, but I just. But <laughs> that's how much damage we're talking about. Okay. You can just say the numbers out loud. I'll help you out here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the. So I'm, uh, there's a one. Okay. And I'm re rolling that one. That's a three. Okay. Pretty low so far. One. Four. Three, three, nine, seven, ten, ten. That comes out to a total of 51 points of bludgeoning damage as the water is pushed out from that area, creating a vacuum and slamming back in all around the corpse flower. That is 51 points of damage for the corpse flower and 25 points of damage for Kellek as your ears begin to ring underwater as this, this uh, pressure I, uh, gets to you. Maintain concentration, but you said okay. 20, 21? Yes. Okay. <laughs> as your ears begin ringing and your head hurts from the, the pressure that is just equalized around you, you have to take a second when you open your eyes back up once more, you see two massive halves of a corpse flower floating, unmoving in the water in front of you as this creature has been killed. I look at the two halves. Oh, 
That strange lady didn't say in what condition the corpse flower needed to be. I'm sure it'll be fine. And I will, <laughs> I will gesture to my celestial to help me gather <laughs> All right. these things as I quietly dispel the, um, the spiritual weapon. But the Celestial, I think, is like around for eight hours or something. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but after a couple of minutes of collecting this corpse flower, um, you see the rest of your crew beginning to emerge from down underneath okay, one, the ship. One hour. For the one record. hour. Okay. <laughs> um, you see the rest of your crew begin to emerge from underneath the ship. And with a, a look of bewilderment, um, after a couple of minutes, you Everybody look up. Everybody All right. You, you get some thumbs up from the rest of the crew as their voices are not as large as yours. Um, but after a couple of minutes, you look up and you can see just from the spotlight another dark silhouette that moves down towards you. All of a sudden you can see a massive net being lowered down as the rest of the crew goes up, meets with the net and sort of ushers it down towards the ship. They begin loading in the rest of the cannons that have not yet exploded. They help you uh, load these massive uh, two halves of a corpse flower. And after about an hour, your celestial fades into the water. I sort of tip an, an, an invisible hat to it as it departs. And you continue, you finish, the rest of the crew finishes collecting all of the valuables from the ship. As into this the is net. happening, do I, do I see the Tritons anywhere? Or they, did, they, did they watch this? this take place? You do not. Okay. Looking around, you don't see them anywhere. Okay. And after some time, you all finish loading the net to what seems to be at its capacity. You have skimmed the entire ship. There's nothing left on it. And you all ride this massive net back up towards the ship and to safety. And you all pull yourselves up on board, take your masks off, <laughs> and for the first time, take a breath of natural air. <sighs> ah, I hope I didn't hurt your... I'll come watch by blowing up one of those cannons. Yeah, it's completely fine. It's, that's, usually, that's a little bit more excitement than we usually see down there. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty typical for me. Not to brag. Have you seen anything like like that? Like this? And I sort of gesture. How, how big are the pieces of the corpse flower? Are they basically like as big as I am? Um, yeah, both, both pieces are... Both pieces are probably... Twice your size. Oh, okay. They're big, big. And we've, we've hauled them up with this yes, net. Okay. Yes. They um and so the crew is up on the top and the net itself is going to stay below the gotcha. ship and be dragged along. Gotcha. Everybody's doing okay. Nobody hurt so bad by those tritons. No, I think we're just a little more shaken up than anything else. And I'm glad we made it. And uh, looks like everybody got what they needed. I hope you get your proper pay for this. Ooh, we better. We better get our proper pay for this. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I could use a, a bit of help getting, uh, the whole of that, uh, mass of vines, uh, toward the center of the city. Anything you need. This is, seems like a big day for you as well, so anything you, you require is, is, uh, good for us, and you came and you helped us, so we're going to help you as well. Well, if you need any help uh, negotiating the price, I, you know, uh, I got you spotted there as well. And I get, just give him a hearty pat on the arm. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. yes. All right. And with that, you look out onto the rest of the water. You look out to the horizon, and you just see the sun begin to rise over the water. And with that, that is where we're going to end oh! it. 
We're gonna call it right there with the corpse of a corpse flower <laughs> underneath the ship. We're gonna call it right there. Thank you all so much for listening and we can't wait to see y'all again next week. Bye nerds. Goodbye nerds. Hey nerds, this is Ethan. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. And if you liked it, be sure to like, share, and subscribe on all the platforms. We're on social media as well as YouTube if you want to hop over there and uh, watch some of our content instead of just listening to it. Um, we're also over on Patreon and uh, we now have a Discord. So if you want to get into that dis- Discord, we have an open chat that's that's just open for everyone. And then we also have some separate rooms that are Patreon only. So if you're feeling like you want to join in on those rooms and really dive deep into... Uh, more venture forth be sure to hop over to patreon and subscribe over there thank you so much and i'll see you later nerds